0: everyone and welcome back to the Riverdale Recap Podcast. Today we will be talking about the ninth episode of Riverdale Season 4, Tangerine. I'm Mary Kwiatkowski and I'm joined as always by the definitely not hypnotized but possibly the dark version of herself, Kirsten McInnes. Kirsten, how are you doing tonight? Tangerine. Tangerine. <laughs> Tangerine. Oh no. Oh, oh no, I have a strong urge. me. I have a strong urge to go smash this mirror over here. Oh no. And also kill a cat. <laughs> hey,
1: you you leave my cats alone, I swear to God. I
0: would never hurt Vetus
1: and oh, the other one. Oh, but would. Oh my God. It I couldn't remember her out. name. <laughs> it all comes out. Oh my God. Oh, Mary, sorry. I feel like this episode was peak Riverdale. It was fun to watch for the most part. It was crazy cuckoo bananas. Um, And parts made me happy and parts made me want to smash my TV like ma- Betty smashed that mirror.
0: Yeah, it was very season two, Riverdale. Which I'm kind of sad because I felt like last week's episode was very season one, which was nice. So is next week going to be a season three when we come
1: back from the mid-season oh, boy, break?
0: I hope not when it's like, oh, hey, we quarantined the town, but that was off camera. <laughs> I think the main thing that annoyed me about this episode was the fact that, like, The individual plots were fine, but there were five individual plots again. And I think it's underrated what they do well in season one, which is like, oh, here's a plot line with Betty and Veronica. Here's a plot line with Archie and Jughead doing something. And we never have that now. No one interacts with each other unless it's like, oh, hold on, we real quick need to remind you that these people are dating. So let's have them hook up real quick.
1: No, I'm sorry, but you are forgetting an iconic moment of this episode when Kevin was just randomly singing a duet with Veronica. Okay, we'll get to
0: that. Trust out me, out of I'm very nowhere, interested. That is what Riverdale does okay. well. There were about four moments in this episode where I was just like, whoa, that came out of nowhere. And every time it was a person showing up that I didn't expect. And uh, it'll be obvious when we get to those parts in my notes. No, the thing, the thing with the lack of pairs is like, I know I say this every week, but the CW forgets what they do well, which is like putting interesting characters together in situations. They do teen drama and relationships well. Why do we never see that anymore? And I don't mean, like, making out. I mean, like, which, I mean, like, I mean, they, they, they are showing us that, so thanks. But, I mean, Betty is having a hard time here, struggling. And I don't just want, at the end of an episode, for Jughead to be like, Oh, you you handled that very well. I'm so sorry I wasn't there for you. Instead, can we have the two of them actually solve a mystery together? Which I guess they kind of did a few episodes ago, but it wasn't really them solving a mystery together. It was, like, Jughead talking and Betty being like, I support you and
1: that was it. Here's the real tea. And you might not be ready to hear this, Mary. Probably not. It's entirely possible that the CW doesn't actually do anything well, that they never did anything well, and that oh, we're just see. seeing through it in our old age. No. I think that <laughs> I think that might be part of it. I think that we used to appreciate worse content as good, and now in the year of our Lord 2019, <sighs> we just have higher standards. I think that that is a genuine possibility. Okay. Well, they listened to some of my complaints
0: at least because last episode was great. So Yeah, whatever. I told you. They're we'll...
1: listening to our podcast and taking diligent note. I'm if... really sorry that I was so rude to you at the CW. However, uh, it was a hard truth that you needed to hear. This is a podcast with two Sagittarius and you're going to get the real tea whether you like it or not.
0: So like if last week was a 9 out of 10, what was this week's episode? Here's the thing. Six and a
1: half? No. Yeah. Seven? No, but here's the thing, and I'm going to blow your mind again. I liked this episode better than last week. Okay,
0: well, on that, we're going to disagree. I'm
1: sorry. And that's okay, we're
0: allowed. Yeah, and I and the, I think what I liked about last week's episode was that it was more character-driven. Like, we had never seen Archie. That that was some of the best acting we've seen from KJ Apa in terms of the character Archie. And in, apart from, like, the first episode of this season. So, it was... His, his whole life story was explained to us in a better way than just, I'm angry and so I need to punch things. It was like an actual character development being done.
1: I was happy. Yeah, but it's not his fault that the acting is bad. It's that he's given bad material. <clears throat> so Veronica doesn't get into Dartmouth. <laughs> yeah, so Dartmouth is her safety school and she just doesn't understand why she's not getting into college. Guess what? Because your only chance of getting in was your daddy helping you anyways. Can I just say, it? like a quarter or more, like maybe half my Veronica notes are just me in
0: all caps yelling at her her <laughs>
1: Literally, this entire episode, I was so mad at Veronica. I'm like, stop telling your dad your plan. Every single time you confront Hiram and tell him what you're going to do, he beats you. He is smarter than you. He has less morals than you. He is willing to do what needs to be done to stop you. So stop telling him your plans. And then you know what? There's also one other thing. Hiram, stop telling Veronica your plans. Don't tell her that the the rum recipe is already like trademarked let her like sue her later like enough I, I hate it's their dynamic it's because neither of them
0: actually care about beating each other they just want to like prove to each other that they're onto each other so Veronica's like oh with each
1: other. yeah
0: don't tell your dad that you have an interview with Columbia when you told him that you should automatically know if I tell him that he's going to take this information and do something negative with it like stop uh Hiram is like oh you should work at or go to Riverdale Community college because then you can launch your rum empire. I don't understand why those two things are related at all. She doesn't have to live at home to launch her rum
1: empire. So I think that the issue with that was that he was basically telling her, I have ruined your chances of getting into any good school, so you might as well just try to go to community college, which
0: there's nothing wrong with going to community college. No, I got that part, but it was the part about like, oh, then you can stay here and launch a rum empire. Go somewhere else and launch your rum empire. Those two things are not tied together. It's not like if you go to college... I mean, whatever.
1: No, actually, you go to college somewhere and you get tied living there for the rest of your life. That's why I'm still in Calgary. Well, I think Veronica, I think this was
0: more put in here so that we would know that Riverdale Community College exists and that's definitely where Archie's going. So let's just
1: note that. Yeah, he should be going back to high school to upgrade because he's dumb idiot.
0: That's a good point. He might not graduate high school. That's a very good point.
1: So then Veronica goes to work at Pops and Pop is there being the voice of reason once again. And he's like yeah, uh, we lost our liquor license. So as of like Monday, uh, the speakeasy can no longer serve alcohol. And she's like what? How did we lose that? Girl. Girl. Okay, but also liquor licenses are definitely not decided at the mayoral level. The municipal level is not where liquor licenses are determined. So uh." He her dad should not be able to be doing this. But I guess if the governor's in his pocket, then that explains that. Uh, Yeah. My favorite part, possibly, of the episode was when Pop goes, no offense, but your dad wasn't raised right. (laughs) It made me so happy. I like, I literally laughed out loud. Yeah, but I think we have seen
0: very little evidence that Veronica was raised right either. She's like, she was definitely actually not raised right. And she's trying to rebel against the way she was raised, kind of, but also doing the exact same thing. She's trying to do the exact same thing her parents do, but do it for good instead of evil.
1: Yeah, no, she's definitely locked into like a cycle. Uh, This is, yeah, yeah, for sure. But uh, I liked how her response was like, actually, he was raised right. I'm going to call his mom. Right, so there's this whole thing where, okay,
0: let's just, this is, classic Riverdale can't remember the canon that they created three episodes ago. So apparently, Hiram's mom is like awesome and super loving to Veronica and also like, what Hiram bad boy? I'm going to slap you. And the, the they have this rum recipe of which Hiram took and created his rum empire from, but clearly their family was already making rum. So all of that goes against what Hiram said like three episodes ago when he was like, oh, I was born Jaime Luna and that name meant nothing. He was unrespected and didn't have a life and I turned it into something good. It's like, no, your family was clearly chill and like perfectly well off and had a rum empire. I don't think they You they had just stole rum. it.
1: No, I don't think they had a but they at least her. knew how to make I rum. think that like maybe his mom always made rum but it wasn't a business but I'm just and saying it's was not
0: like-, like Hiram it's not like Hiram left his family and created something new he just took what his family was already doing and made it better or I don't even think he did make it better
1: yeah so here's the thing about um a lot of people people uh love to think that they're right and everyone else is wrong and Hiram is one of those people and so to him his way of life is the only way of life and anybody living a different way is basically a loser. And so I think that's where it comes from where he's like, I wasn't respected. I didn't get what I needed. And it's like, because you were a criminal. Because you've always been a criminal. We saw that from the Midnight Society or whatever it was called. <laughs> the Midnight, Midnight Club.
0: Club? Yeah. Oh, it's just whatever. So Apolita is like, oh, you should go to college. And she's like, yeah, well, your son's been making it difficult for me. And also he's doing bad stuff, probably. Unclear exactly what she told him. But then she goes and slaps her son and of that's when Veronica Comes in and is like, look, I have the recipe. Stop, stop revealing all your cards. Yeah. We've been through this.
1: Oh, also the other thing that that just reminded me of is like in season, I think two, it like becomes very clear that Hiram is from a crime family. Yes. and so. It- there's no continuity here at all. No, he can't create a crime family by himself out of
0: nowhere. Like, all the aunts and uncles were also involved in this. So he has not, and I am I guarantee you, if we went back and watched season one or two, they would talk about, like, the Lodge family name and, like, their grandparents and stuff. So, what did he well, change his name and then make everyone else change theirs?
1: Just fortunately, or possibly unfortunately, we will be rewatching season two very soon, and we Good will funny. get to the bottom of this.
0: Uh, fair enough. So, Veronica decides to have a giant ass party in the speakeasy because I guess the liquor license disappears and
1: yeah she's like liquor license is done on Monday so we're gonna have a huge party the last day that we can
0: yeah so yay uh oh look Reggie's here haven't seen him in like four episodes I literally didn't even notice him guess they got over their probable breakup pretty well I don't know I literally episodes off I didn't even see him in the episode He was there for like exactly one second and he was like, oh, Veronica, there's someone here to talk
1: to you. And zero surprise, it's the Columbia lady. Yeah, because Hiram has called her and suggested that she come see the party and see the successful business. And so Veronica's like, okay, hold up, hold on. Uh, I promised people a floor show, so I can't talk to you right now. No, delay the floor show. No,
0: yeah, this this is your business. You're in control here. College interviews, if you're doing private interviews, probably take like 15 maybe 30 minutes tops take her upstairs to pop's And then have your interview and then be like, if you'd like, I'm going to sing a song downstairs and you can watch that. Don't. Maybe like consciously cut out the part where you're rolling around on a table with your dress half up your leg in front of her. And then not only does she wait until the floor show is done, which by the way, we just needed to put in because Archie was going to fight some people and you can't have punching without a nice back in soundtrack.
1: No, I'm sorry. They have done so many punches without a song mashup in the last little bit. I thought it was refreshing refreshing to have that back okay. and i absolutely loved the choice of song the song
0: was good saturday night's all right for fighting was good
1: get a little action here baby
0: yeah uh i loved kevin playing the piano and singing backup and that was the moment where we're like he oh look kevin
1: like there's no look at any of the other like backup musicians or anything and then all of a sudden kevin's head just pops up like a little yeah. whack-a-mole with a microphone and he's just singing too and it's a duet. And I'm like, since when does Veronica really enjoy a duet? Come on. I don't but know. It was, was good. I am fine with it. Like, that was a zany moment that made me remember why I don't always hate Riverdale.
0: Yeah, it was fun. And of course, it's intermixed with the punching, which we'll get to in a
1: minute. But yeah, it's like, it,
0: Veronica is just not smart. Uh, I actually did not think this was the worst thing, though, of like, oh, see her running a business and stuff like that. Probably if you're trying to stand out and get into colleges and you, I don't know, Maybe make good grades. Really hard to tell with Veronica. I get. I we have to assume that she's smart and makes good grades because otherwise she would not be applying to exclusively Ivy League schools. But she, you know, the owning the business it probably s- sets her apart from other people. So that's probably actually a good thing. Anyway, Hiram's all like, "Oh, I you know bet Columbia is gonna love to have crazy party-, party girl Veronica Luna party girl. She wasn't drinking. She was just like singing a song. Yeah, she not- owns
1: a speakeasy. Okay, okay, which is definitely
0: I mean. I mean, there's so many things that are probably like I, you probably legally cannot be under 21 in serving alcohol.
1: Yeah, no that's definitely a law. Yeah, so I don't know maybe pop is involved in that to make it work. And it's definitely not legal. Anyways, that just reminded me of something. I was talking to someone recently and they legitimately said speakeasy, speakeasy. Like Well, non-ironically to the podcast. <laughs> no, they certainly do not listen to the podcast. Like in their life they pronounce the word speakeasy spookeasy and they're doing took, it right. <laughs> it took everything in me not to just die laughing like <laughs> what a moment in history oh my god <laughs> that's um, great but that's yeah great. so he's like yeah uh they're not going to like you and also you know what this is it's a patent i've patented <laughs> I've pat- patented? patented 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 yeah I don't know I can't talk today the recipe for the rum and game over but what he should have done is not that and then sued her when she started supplying rum with the
0: exact same recipe you're right he should have done that but he's not very smart and like I said they just want to like prove to each other that they're onto each other
1: but I think also okay so can't she just like tweak the recipe slightly what? yeah but then it won't be as good I guess although apparently his rum hasn't been as good as it used to be yeah apparently it it is the world's best rum the lodge rum that we've all heard about for decades you know yeah Uh, we saw it. we did see
0: it that one time in season two though yeah so then she goes
1: back to the columbia also by the way she's like it was just weird to me that she immediately was like oh i know you're the columbia recruiter by name like that was crazy to me no the lady introduced herself she was like shoshana rutherford yeah she's like i'm shoshana rutherford and veronica goes the recruiter from columbia yeah like that's weird that you already have that memory but whatever I guess. Um, and then she goes back up to her because she's left this poor woman waiting the entire evening yeah it's not just like oh I've got
0: one song to sing it's like oh and then I also have to do this whole thing in- until the bar closes so what is
1: it like 1am like yeah it's it ridiculous seems, it seems like it's been hours and she's like uh sorry about that and the woman's like you know what at Columbia we like people who have good stories and somehow, I think that maybe you have a good story, so why don't you tell me? And then Veronica's now gonna probably say a bunch of stuff, and who knows if she gets into Columbia or not. I could not possibly care less. But it doesn't, like, I I, I felt
0: like this was a trap, because I was like, okay, what is she gonna tell her? A crazy story about all the crime that she's done, and all the
1: crime her dad's done? Like, there's not really a way to spin this. She's just gonna blame everything on her dad, and oh, poor me. I'm a good person. I'm trying to do the right thing. Why don't you tell her about when you made someone drink a puddle, Veronica? got water. Well, it's the same thing to me. Except worse. We had this conversation already. I've never... The reason why I'm always gonna say puddle is because... It reminds me of True Grit when the guy's like, I have drank water out of my footprint. and be happy for it. <laughs> and that's all I can think of. And so I, to me, it's a puddle and I don't care that it's technically gutter water, which is a hundred times worse. Like in Land Before Time when they drink the water out of the footprint of the really big uh, dinosaur. I'm, I'm sorry. I do not have the emotional bandwidth to talk about the long neck grandparents from Land Before Time right now. Um, I love Land Before Time. Okay. Anyway, so
0: that was Veronica's story. Did anything else happen that you were interested in, in her story because i kind of feel like that was it
1: no but i just would like to state for the record i would absolutely kill to have more of kevin popping up like a whack-a-mole to, uh, to do yeah. a duet that was I great i like
0: it i am sad that in season three he was promoted to main cast and in so far in season four he's done pretty much nothing except occasionally been random I people mean, sidekicks
1: was he main cast in season three i don't remember seeing that much of him he was
0: billed he was billed as ring main cast well
1: they didn't utilize him anyway so who cares he's still getting paid anyway yeah. so why don't we talk about but our... Favorite punchaholic, possibly least favorite. I don't know. Anyways, I mean, I think
0: Mad Dog is my favorite punchaholic.
1: But I don't get the impression that Mad Dog's actually a punchaholic. I get that he's True. like going through some stuff. I don't know.
0: He's a recovering punchaholic, probably.
1: Anyways, so Archie's at the gym and FP shows up and he's like, "Hey, you know, uh, I'm investigating. There's been some uh, some vigilante justice going on. I've got this photo of
0: you where, yeah, I can't see your face, but it's definitely you because who else would go into a dark alley with a baseball bat? and threaten this guy that you are known to dislike.
1: Yeah, basically and Archie's like, "Uh, yeah. It's me." And FP's like, "You need It to was me. Care- <laughs> it was, was me." <laughs> um and FP's like, "Okay, but like could you possibly just actually worry about taking care of the center, take care of the kids? You don't need to fight crime. I can help." And I was like, "Oh, so now the sheriff is going to help." As if FP didn't already know about all the issues plaguing the center. But okay, whatever. Okay, but here's the thing. I actually so
0: the part that I liked about this episode with Archie was it had a very very clear message to Archie and like plot throughout that I'm kind of surprised it took nine episodes to get to which was because like FP has been around sort of helping with this dodger thing but it's taken us nine episodes to get to oh no he's helping because Archie needs a father figure and Archie doesn't have a father figure right now to like step in there were a lot of moments where it seemed like Archie and FP were more bonding they very clearly the symbolism in of FP getting shot in pops in the same place where Archie's dad did it's like there there was a lot lot of stuff and there were a couple more moments like when fp's in the hospital and then archie like peeks around the corner and sees the Jughead's there and is like oh he has a son of his own actually he's not like my and he'd be he would be disappointed in me for disobeying him and then with the ending which we'll get to like i i definitely think the through line of uh, this archie plot was using fp as like a surrogate father
1: Oh, yeah, no, 100%. FP magically has a metal detector and security cameras to give Archie, which I'm like, where did they come from? He said they were from the old Southside High School, because remember all
0: the, like, metal detectors that were there? But
1: where have they been? Like, are yeah. you telling me that didn't end up in a dump? Like, that's insane. Anyways, so they find out from Eddie. Eddie's like, I'll help you find Dodger. And Archie's like, no, I don't need to find Dodger. <laughs> yeah. Um.
0: And then Molly Ringwald's like, hey, uh, Vic, who's Fred's foreman, wants to buy us out of Andrew's construction. They should. Nobody is running this business. Is
1: Vic just running the whole thing I and mean, Archie's just like telling him what to do? No, that's not, Archie's you can't, not that's telling a- anybody what to do. I guarantee you, nobody is running the business. How does he have the authority to fire Vic? The, the, the idea that they have not taken care of getting rid of that business is insane to me. Because it's like, no, Archie, you can't take over the business you can't do everything, like, enough. This uh, business
0: was in the dumps when Fred
1: was spending all of his time running it. And now no one's running it. How does it exist? Yeah, the fact that they can get any money for it is, like, uh, pretty good. And they should definitely take the deal. So then they get a call. A good old Toby. And he's like, no, it's not a good time. But we find out that Eddie ended up going and looking for Dodger and end up ended up in the hospital.
0: Yep. They got beat up by Dodger's brothers. And so Archie's like super mad about it. And FP's like, okay, I'll go help you beat up the Dickinson boys. But then we're going to put this vigilante business to bed. And then he's like, like, but let me change first.
1: Yeah, so he puts on a serpent jacket, which I'm sure you are very excited to see. I I had
0: mixed feelings. All the serpent jackets were popping out again this episode. And I'm like, okay, great. This is nice. Thank you for doing this. But absolutely no one was like, man, where are the serpents? (laughs)
1: Just out of nowhere. Oh, they exist. Yeah, they put the jackets back on. They're all of a sudden back. It's like they were just waiting for the serpent signal in the sky, I guess. So they go up and they uh, meet the guys, and they're like, Oh, you want to fight? Let's fight. FP headbutts a dude. Archie gets in a fight with the other dude. They like... It seems like they win pretty handily. Yeah, they have like a... a they do a good job fighting. And then they go to Pops to bond uh, over a milkshake. Because after you satisfy your bloodlust, you have to satisfy your sugar uh, lust.
0: Yep. So they're eating pie, reminiscing about their beautiful, beautiful fight. And then... Which F- was like
1: an hour ago.
0: Yeah. And FP's like, man, I'm so glad that you're never gonna do any more of this crime fighting stuff. It's like, haha, yeah jokes on you FP and then FP's like okay Archie I'll drive you back to the center but then a masked person runs in and shoots FP Archie manages to knock him out of the way a little bit so FP just gets shot sort of like under the arm and and he's like that's just a flesh wound he saves FP like he couldn't save Fred when Fred got shot. And, oh, look, it's Fangs. So, so far, we've had Reggie, Kevin, and Fangs all pop up in this episode. Fangs? And he's like, oh, yeah. I, like,
1: legitimately almost didn't recognize. And like, he's also inexplic- inexplicably
0: wearing his serpent jacket, also, as if they've just never gone away. Also, Fangs and Kevin. Um, why are they not in, like, mental institutions? Because, like, what they were also brainwashed by the farm. I mean, I guess maybe it seems like Sheriff Keller sort of spent the summer with Kevin like on brainwashing him or whatever. But like, yikes. I think
1: that in general, we're supposed to believe that like Polly and Alice and them were more under the influence, like people that got closer to Edgar is probably going to take more to get them back to normal. But I've, I have lots of thoughts on that that we will uh, get to. <laughs> It's very Yeah,
0: I, I know. I have so much more to say about that plot that I'm just trying to kind of get through Archie's. Anyway, so then because Fangs told them where, where Dodger is and the fact that he was the one who shot FP, which like, yeah, who And FP is be?
1: pissed. He's like, stop talking, Fangs. You are on thin ice. Do not tell RG where Dodger is.
0: And RG completely ignores it and runs out in search of him. He finds Dodger and Dodger's like, yeah, sure, let's fight. And he throws the gun to the ground. Like, dude, just... just I, yeah, he's, him. He's, he's like, it, oh, I, no can, sense.
1: I can see that you've been beaten up. So how about we have a good old fashioned brawl? Which or I feel at the like very a brawl least- in like implies more than two people fighting, but whatever. So he throws down the gun. Archie throws down his baseball bat. Which, in like, my
0: opinion, for it to be a brawl, they need to be rolling on the ground at some point. Like they need to be they need to be more like wrestling. It can't just be like punching.
1: I just think there needs to like I feel like a brawl implies that there's like at least four people in the fight. Oh, um, I don't know. But that's just for me. Like maybe that's not the dictionary definition of a brawl. Just like rolling on the ground maybe isn't, or maybe it is. I don't know.
0: I swear that's how my sister says bra she can't like say bra she's always like brawl
1: <laughs> sorry continue can you it's say fine. bra again bra I feel like you like almost do it mm, not to the extent she does I don't know <laughs> call call Laura right now and get her to say bra into the phone I don't know where she is I'm joking but yeah so then they're fighting and then it's crazy how Dodger still doesn't like fight well like oh my god when he hit Archie in the face with the hubcap I almost died I was like that's the best thing I've ever seen in my life like when Archie spit I'm hoping a tooth went out like I'm hoping he's missing a tooth now Archie has
0: got to be missing multiple teeth because he's always spitting out chunks of blood Archie
1: has got to have like a full-on bridge retainer there's no way he has all his teeth (laughs) whatsoever and yeah so he then Archie finally gets the upper hand he's beating the crap out of Dodger and Dodger's mom is just standing there the whole time which like I feel like she would have picked up the gun and shot Archie but okay and she's like screaming and so in shock and Archie's like I told him like if I ever saw him again he he wouldn't be able to walk and I was like a little terrified he was gonna try and create like a spinal cord injury with the baseball bat or something like I was like oh my god is he gonna like why didn't Darla just shoot Archie well and that's the big plot hole in this she's obviously not afraid to shoot Archie it doesn't make any sense that she would have like maybe she was afraid of also hitting Dodger but like Archie was clearly on top of him I feel like it would have been a pretty clean shot like it just doesn't make a ton of sense to me
0: and also so there's a tiny little mob of children there who are standing in the most awkward formation they're not just like kind of spread out in the alley they're just like all huddled together but yeah, there's like eight it's of like them they're
1: huddled together because they're afraid of Archie being like a total monster and like Archie sees them and it kind of like shakes him and and makes him realize where he is and what he's done and be like oh I can't do this anymore
0: Yeah, and it's the whole thing where it comes full circle because at the beginning of the episode, FP was like, it's really good what you're doing with the kids here and I'm going to help you with that and protecting them. But, like, fighting is not the way to do it. But then he kind of gave mixed signals when he was like, "Uh, also, fighting makes me, like, (laughs) really horny. No, that's that's not what I mean. Fighting, like, you know, I think it gets him going. I'm sure he, I'm sure FP came home from that fight and was like, hello, Alice. And she was like, take off the pants but keep on the serpent jacket.
1: No, Mary. Speaking of which... where was
0: Alice during all of this? Why did she not go to his deathbed? Because she...
1: Okay, well, because first of all, he wasn't dying. And second of all, because well, she's busy dealing with her own psychotic daughters. <sighs> Whatever. Anyway, so then Molly Ringwald talks with
0: Archie again. And he's like, I did this to myself by fighting Dodger. And she's like it's okay and then I don't know. Yeah and Archie has
1: has a moment where he's literally like why do bad people get to be alive but good people like my dad die and that I think was the most real part of Archie's entire plot line like yeah, when you lose someone it's only natural to think about you know what's unfair about it or what's wrong or whatever and like personally I've been doing a lot of thinking about death and stuff. I've been listening to a lot of like podcasts with this medium and it's like it's very hard to get to the point where like, this, things happen when they are supposed to happen, and it's not for us to know. And so Archie is, like, apparently an 18-year-old boy, which who knows when he turned 18 again from last week. Uh, I think it's understandable for him to be really struggling with that. And so that was, I think, the only real part of his entire plot.
0: Yeah, it was sad. And then we get a very annoying cliffhanger where Archie hears the door open at the, at the place. A handsome
1: yeah. man in a plaid shirt comes in. <laughs>
0: Okay, you say that because I totally thought it was Dodger at first. I was like, a little confused.
1: I was like, who is that? And then, well, Dodger would have been covered in like bruises and stuff. True. No. So
0: what does the man say, Mary? He says, hi, I'm, I don't know what he says. He says, I'm
1: Frank, Frank Andrews, your father's brother. Can you imagine? Your name is Archibald. You name your two children, Frederick and Franklin. <laughs>
0: Look, this show, everybody, everybody, got a secret sibling. They, Everybody has a secret sibling. Let me try to think of someone who has not had a secret sibling.
1: Hmm. Okay, Jughead's had the one. only one
0: I could think of. No,
1: Jughead has a secret sibling, Charles. You're right. Okay, sorry. Everybody has a secret sibling. Archie does not have a secret sibling. Yeah, but in his
0: plot line, Fred has a secret sibling, so it's like close enough.
1: Cheryl's.
0: There's so many in the Blossom had family. Dad a secret
1: sibling. And Cheryl. And Cheryl. Well, okay. Betty's had two secret siblings. It's not a secret sibling if you ate them in the womb. I'm sorry. I don't think she didn't eat him in the womb. He she just died. Ne- he never existed. No, I think he did. I think he
0: did exist. I think she just didn't need him.
1: I don't know, man. But you know, there's been a secret sibling in literally every single thing. Like we've already had a secret sibling this season with Hermosa or whatever her name is. Oh right, Veronica has a secret sibling. Forgot about that one. God, like That's stop. That's the most recent one too. So yeah, it's just very confusing why they think this is always a good thing. Like, why couldn't he have just come in and been like? And Archie turns and goes, Uncle Frank? Why did it have to be a secret? Like, I I actually don't know. Is this,
0: I mean, is this a secret? Like, did did Fred know that he had a brother? I. Is this a half sibling?
1: I think I'm, Fred probably knew and there was some sort of falling out and they just didn't talk anymore. And then Frank somehow heard about Fred passing and was like, I'm coming back. I, I'm annoyed. Whatever. Let's talk about Cheryl. I have one more thing to say before I move to Cheryl. <sighs> okay. Okay does Fred Andrews qualify to be a River Daddy? You mean Frank Andrews? Frank Andrews. (laughs) Their names are too similar. Fred Andrews does. May he rest in peace. Frank Andrews. I apologize. Is he a River Daddy? Does he count? Yeah, he can be a River Daddy. I think he's a River Daddy. I think we now are back up to two River Daddies. Yeah. Well, is Hiram a River Daddy? Only sometimes. Sometimes he looks really hot and I'm like, okay, River Daddy. And then sometimes I'm like, are you okay? Not a River Daddy. Okay, so he's sometimes a River
0: Daddy. So we've got like River daddies, two and half river daddies.
1: Okay, cool. We're back up to our our threshold of two river daddies. Now we can talk about Cheryl. Okay, so Cheryl's sitting on the couch with Jason and Julian,
0: and at first I was like, "What is that thing?" And I had to rewind and figure out what it was. But then she announced it like a couple seconds later. So she has multiple roach bombs going off in the house
1: that she is somehow synchronized. It is enough to kill any living thing that could be in the house. And and so, she's like,
0: "I was born in poison, and I shall die in poison."
1: Honestly, I was. like i guess i'd be okay with it if cheryl just died and that was the end but no because she actually had a gas mask on and she was luring out the big bad who has been living in the manor this entire time penelope blossom has been here this entire time small thing i'm pretty sure when you like fumigate a house you can't just come back into it like five minutes later i'm thinking that it probably wasn't actual roach bombs it was probably something that would like make you unconscious not something that would kill you Is my guess maybe uh, something with chloroform involved, if you can make that airborne? I don't really know. I don't know how poison works. And I don't want to know how poison works. But yeah, so she lured Penelope out. So somehow she knew Penelope was there, which is the most annoying part of the whole thing. I think she uh, she knew that there was someone in the house
0: and probably in the walls, I guess anyway so she came out and there's like a really annoying thing where they set up the chairs all weird weird it's like they're having this interrogation section or session we've got penelope who's sitting in front of the fireplace facing them and then you have like in individual chairs facing her tony nana b uh cheryl jason and julian doll but like they're all spread out where cheryl's in the front so like if you were real, it looks cool on camera but no one would realistically set up chairs like this like you just put them in a semicircle.
1: no i I think Cheryl would set them up like this. She oh, likes whatever. the drama. She has
0: too much time now, on her
1: hands. Now, the, mo- the thing that really stuck with me... Where are the babies? Hopefully they didn't breathe in any of that poison. But The <laughs> one thing that stuck with me from this scene is... So she's interrogating her mom or whatever and she goes, remember when you used to read me like through the looking glass with Alice and you asked if I felt like Alice and I said, no mom, I'm the Red Queen. That's what stuck with me. Like what kid is like, I'm the Red Queen. I'm the bad A guy.
0: A kid who has been... L- living in this, like, gothic nightmare their entire
1: life, apparently. I'm actually surprised that Penelope would be like, oh, do you feel like Alice? I'm surprised she's not like, in this house, we are the Red Queen.
0: Yeah, I I kind of assume that Penelope was a slightly nicer, better person until Jason died, and that's when she really went off the deep end. That's kind of what they make it seem like, because Cheryl hasn't necessarily been like, oh, you've been terrible to me my whole life. I mean, she did say that, but she then only gives examples after Jason died, so... Yeah, they can't give examples that we haven't seen. They had an example of a sweet moment where Penelope was reading a book to her kid.
1: Was it sweet or was it sinister but seemed uh, sweet on the surface?
0: Who knows? Anyway, whatever. So she's like, blah, 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 you killed all these people. I also do have no memory of when she killed Claudius but I will take her, their word for it she that She poisoned happened.
1: him. When? Didn't he like die in a prison cell and she had poisoned him? Oh, that's sure. Let's go with that. She definitely no poisoned idea. him but I don't remember where he died. I think he died in a prison cell.
0: Thank you very much. I was really afraid she was wasn't going to mention the part about like you almost murdered all my friends and that was kind of weird mom because like that was the big plot point of last episode or last season and i could have totally bought it if she just decided not to mention that part because it's never really made clear to us whether or not cheryl knew about that whole thing still don't know why cheryl was invited to that party but whatever
1: cheryl was busy doing something else and then saving the day yeah so she's like the okay pretty poisons. well remember them
0: oh i do so she's like <clears throat> mom you're terrible why are you so mean and she's like because i couldn't that you were happy with Jason, which was something that I wasn't going to have with him anymore. And so I was just trying to ruin your time with him. I don't know. None of this makes any sense of why she would like be moving this doll around just to torment her. Like, if you, there would be so much easier like, ways of if tormenting she, her. Guess
1: what? If you want to ruin Cheryl's time with Jason, take Jason. Take him yeah, away. Get yeah, rid yeah, of like him. What? Like, why I, are you allowing your taxidermy child to just be like chilling?
0: Yeah. Because Penelope, so snuck out of the house at some point and dug up the doll of J- Julian that they buried and then put her back in the room or him back in the room, whatever. And Cheryl's like, well, I'm not going to take you to jail or kill you. No, I'm going to put you somewhere that's even more vile, which makes no sense because she puts her in the bang bunker, which we have been told only brings happy times. Well, so. apparently
1: when you're in there solitary, solitary confinement, the joy of the, the bang bunker is lost. Also, this is the second parent that a child has locked in the bang bunker. I'm just waiting for the day when uh Betty and Jughead can't find a place to hook up because Alice has suddenly realized that they're having sex so they can't sleep in the same room anymore and they go to the bang bunker for a nice getaway and Penelope Blossom is just in there yeah that's going to be rough
0: also since when does this place have electricity and plumbing and if it has electricity why are you constantly using candles and also where is the bathroom but thank you for informing me that there is one
1: yeah i don't even know that was whatever
0: a- I-, I just think Cheryl doesn't own the bang bunker she can't she can't monopolize this all the other people are trying to use it
1: yeah there's horny Whatever. teens in Riverdale Cheryl where are they supposed to go yeah who so- will care about the horny teens <sighs>
0: Also, I kind of half expected to just, like, find Jellybean down there because they've completely forgotten about her. Anyway, so Cheryl talks with Tony and is like, uh, I think it's time to actually bury Jason. And so they do. Except, uh, guys, you got so close. You were 99% of the way there. They do this Viking funeral send-off for him where they light a boat on fire and, like, have him laying on it and push it out into the water. And she's wearing white, which is cute. But, like, you could have at least worn the same white dress that you wore last time you were with him, although it's probably cold. so. she had a jacket, jacket on. Thing so, was like, it,
1: she could have had the same dress, but with pants under it. Yeah, I, I don't know.
0: But anyway. But Cheryl's whole thing is that she's good with a bow and arrow. Why did we not see her do an actual Viking funeral and shoot the bow and arrow with flaming arrow to light the thing on fire?
1: So, that's a valid concern. My other concern is I don't think that a Viking funeral is legal. And so, I feel like when that boat with, like, the rem- charred remnants of a body are found, it's going to cause another criminal investigation. I'm also. Just
0: double checking that this is what a Viking funeral is. Okay, yes. yes. It was a Viking it's, funeral. It's also a Tully funeral.
1: <laughs> it was the second best Viking funeral I've ever seen on TV. What was the first? In Don't Trust the Bean, Apartment 23, when they burn all of the Dawson's Creek remnants of James Vanderbeek's past in Central Park. Nice. Also good. Also, I don't know. Maybe
0: it was just me that fire looked super fake. Like, it was super fake. At
1: first, it was okay, but then as you saw it going out over the water, it, so, it, it got worse. So war- like, it started out not great. Right? But like, sure, fine. And then it just got worse and worse and worse as it went. And then there
0: was a sweet moment where Cheryl's like, oh, Tony, I wish you could have met my brother for real. He was so nice to me. Which was it's sad because I forgot just, that, like,
1: yeah. Um, she probably never met him. I'm just very glad that Tony has been separated from uh, Dead Body Jason and that creepy doll. The other thing is, uh, it's possible that Tony actually did meet Jason since he was doing drug runs for the serpents.
0: Well, I think he was supposed to do a drug run for the serpent. Oh, I, I, I,
1: I think he did it more than once. I don't know.
0: Well, maybe. Uh, except they they actually no i'm going to fight you on this one he literally said it was supposed to be a one time thing well supposed to be doesn't mean <laughs> supposed to be like it was supposed to be a one time delivery but then he didn't make it cuz he died no i think he made more than one okay whatever let's talk about betty so uh do we have polly to? yes so betty gets woken up in the middle of the night by her mom because they got a message from shady grove because polly has mutilated a nurse's
1: face she clawed her eyes out here's the thing yeah betty did not need to be woken up for this um, this could have waited till the morning.
0: I mean, sure. But um, that's kinda... what I'm here to anyway, say. Here's what Betty did not need. She did not need to watch the footage of it. That's um, horrifying. I
1: also didn't watch the like, the scene where they she's didn't about to it. watch it. I just didn't look because I was scared they were going to show it. No, they didn't show anything. Oh, good.
0: And then they're like, oh, and also the nurse's name was Betty and Polly wants to speak to you alone. So Betty goes to see Polly where she's like chained up to a bed, but she looks fine. I was kind of expecting her to look like deranged, but she really didn't. Yeah, she no, know, she fine. looked
1: like completely normal, which I think is part of the problem.
0: Yeah. So she was like crying and she was like, Betty, I don't remember anything. I remember being in the rec room and then I remember waking up in this bed. I promise like I did not do it or I didn't mean to do it. Like I I don't remember anything. And immediately I'm like, "Okay, well, clearly she was drugged or something. I like like, I literally
1: so quickly into the episode was like, oh, hypnosis is a part of this. And I was like, I can't wait to come on the podcast and talk about how smart I am and theorize that it's hypnosis and then it's going to come true. But then they wrapped it up in this episode and I was like, well, mother effort. Yep. Uh, This was supposed to be my moment. (laughs) Look, Riverdale has two
0: types of things. They either set something up and then immediately answer their own questions in the episode, or they set something up and then forget about it for like a season and you never find out. Yeah, My prediction was that Charles or somebody gave Polly a drug to make her forget and then like angrily attack somebody uh, like PETA from The Hunger Games. And that was like a long con to tear the family apart. I still think Charles is somehow involved in something. Yeah,
1: no, Charles is 100% involved. I do not trust him. Yeah. So Betty talks to Alice and she's like, Polly was fuguing.
0: And then she's like, yeah. And Polly received a phone call like an hour before the incident. Charles is tracing it. And then Alice gets a phone call literally right when she's saying that. I thought it was cute that she said Cooper Jones, Cooper Jones residence. And then she just like walks back all zoned out. And Betty's like, what's going on? And her mom grabs a knife. And I'm like, dude, dude, you know what's going on. You, you heard the phone ring. We've already figured this out. And Betty but was But she's like,
1: smart enough to snap her fingers and bring her out of it. Which I de- definitely
0: feel like is not like a guarantee for hypnosis. I think she should have probably just tried to like run or something, but whatever. It's
1: not a guarantee, but it made Betty look very smart. Yeah, this is the
0: second time Betty has just like clutch figured something out like in the last second, like the, the thing with the bomb, whatever. So, uh Betty's like Charles is going to trace that call too, which I kind of feel stop like Stop
1: trusting Charles.
0: Yeah, stop. So, Charles says the calls are from Shanghai prison and Betty's like, uh, "Of course, Evelyn." And so she goes to talk with Evelyn. I don't know why she thinks
1: that Evelyn would tell her the truth but then again I also don't know why Evelyn does tell her the truth. I Evelyn. Guess Evelyn probably doesn't feel like she has a lot to lose. I know her health is bad. Without a new kidney she might die in prison. Like so. kind of surprised she's not already dead. Di- I don't know maybe they give
0: people in prison dialysis.
1: I have no idea. I'm sure if someone's in prison and they require dialysis they get dialysis. Yeah. I, I don't think prisons are in the the habit of being like no medical care for inmates. Sorry. Right. So I, I don't really I, I just feel like my thought was also
0: like oh my gosh what well, next probably Kevin's gonna get a call and then come after Betty or like Fangs or someone. That's what I was thinking. But then since Evelyn like ratted out what the whole deal is, Betty's like not gonna, she's gonna be fine, whatever. So then she's like, oh, you know, when I call someone, the receiver becomes Betty and tries to kill dark Betty, which I guess this whole thing must've been, okay, here's, this is, this is why it makes no sense. So apparently in my mind for how hypnosis should work, this should be a thing where like there were a lot of sessions with like Edgar who came up with this whole plan where Alice and Polly were getting really brainwashed by him and you know drilling down into this whole Betty versus Dark Betty thing and he's like then he started working into the word tangerine whatever all of that there is absolutely no reason why Betty hearing those words should do anything because well, she's no, not brainwashed by but them but Betty
1: has been hypnotized by Edgar before this to me confirmed that when Betty was hypnotized and saw Dark Betty that Polly wasn't there that no one was there that she was was just hypnotized. Nah, see, I disagree so with that. I, I think, think I think Polly was there. No, Kate,
0: okay. I feel like this confirmed that like, she would they have, Why wasn't. would they have
1: Polly dressing up like her? We never saw that? proof that Polly was dressing up like her. It was the actress who played Polly who was standing there. I think it is true. Yeah, we've, we have disagreed over this the whole time and it's not going to change. But anyways, Go, well, Betty, okay. when we do our rewatch of season three. Oh, if you think I'm paying that close. Wait, no, we're not rewatching season three. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. I did not sign up for that, sir. <laughs> Yeah, um, we're not just going around in a loop, like, whoa, guys. Whoa, That's not how it works. Like, whoa, whoa, uh, whoa, whoa, No, um, we can find other things to talk about, like the Twilight Saga movies, before we rewatch any Riverdale. But yeah, so like, Betty has been hypnotized before, and we never really saw, obviously, the full extent of that hypnosis. So like, it's not impossible that Betty would have a trigger word where she would uh, then become like Dark Betty and want to, I guess, kill normal Betty or whatever. Betty is concerned about all this, and she almost hears Evelyn say,
0: Tangerine, Three times, but then hangs up because she kind of freaks out about like what would happen if she heard it. And Charles is like, Oh,
1: well, let's just test. I was also like, for the record, I was really hoping that Evelyn would start saying it three times and then Betty just leaves and that's it. Because why would you put yourself in this situation?
0: I don't know. I also didn't like how Betty was like, Yeah, I wonder what would happen. And Charles is like, Oh, let's try tangerine, tangerine, tangerine. It's like, dude, I feel like she didn't consent to that yet.
1: Yeah, no, because Whatever. Charles
0: is obviously a bad guy. Yeah, so nothing happens. And then Betty goes to her house and it's like super weird. It's all bright outside. I don't know but it's nighttime and she sees her younger self and then Betty looks down her hands are all bloody and then she snaps out of it and her fingers have dug into her palms again which we haven't seen for a while and Charles is like oh it probably has to do with you seeing your door or I don't know I have no idea what that whole thing is about. He was like
1: you know you heard Tangerine three times you're in a familiar environment sure makes sense whatever and so they try it again and Betty's like oh well I think
0: this whole thing started dark Betty started when I killed Caramel so maybe if I go back to the time when I kill Caramel and stop it from happening in my mind then I can kill off dark Betty and so she does that and she takes the rock away from the girl and she's like go play and the girl's like yeah cool and then her and Charles hug and then weird part Betty wakes up at night and she says tangerine to herself three times you hear a crash Alice comes upstairs Betty's like I just wanted to make sure the dark part of me was gone it was and then you look and see that the mirror has been smashed yeah uh I didn't I didn't care for this no especially because weird zombie Betty who's getting back into bed seems more creepy and crazy than like any other Betty we've seen so
1: yeah so obviously Betty's trigger with the word tangerine is different than other people
0: yeah so I'm assuming we'll get back to that later so Jughead doesn't really have a voiceover but he basically reads an excerpt from his version of his story or whatever super weird that he's reading this to the class and it's printed out and like weren't they only supposed to write three chapters like why is it in a book it's not just just like he's not holding a stack of paper it's in book form
1: well and that's why I think that he ended up getting the contract because everyone else wrote three chapters and Jughead and wrote, he wrote a whole book an somehow. entire book about the perfect murder
0: yeah because he reads the ending line is like tomorrow there will be another mystery but tonight their only concern was dinner which is like very I don't know Nancy Drew or whatever not Nancy Drew but what is it Hardy Hardy Boys Hardy Boys yeah so it's very Hardy Boys <laughs> Hardy Boys um, but uh, and Dupont it's like yay you get the prize sign the contract what is lipid? Yeah. Well, uh, okay. Kind of sad we didn't get to hear anybody else's writing, but whatever. Absolutely zero surprise the Jughead one. I also don't really get the relationship with Dupont. Is Dupont good or bad? Does he like Jughead or not? Because I think we're supposed he to be confused. Ju- yeah, because he definitely liked Jughead when it started, and then he got like super mad when Jughead was like, "You had something to do with Chipping's murder, and also you stole this book of my grandfather." And it's like, if you didn't actually steal the book, just tell him what really happened. I don't know why you didn't just. Just clarify and also you definitely did have something to do with chipping's murder so we'll come back to that so chughead asks charles who he calls chuck because i don't know chuck and chick is a great couple
1: name Ugh. well Ugh. what's their chuck there what's their couple name is it chick or chuck it's charles <laughs> i don't know they're both bad i'm chickles. out here it's chickles <laughs> making a hilarious joke <laughs> uh- and then you're here just ruining the
0: moment. Sorry. Uh That's what I'm here for. And he's like, hey, can you use your FBI resources to trap down my grandfather? And then he's like, I mean, our grandfather. And then he tracks him down. And he's like, yeah, he has a P.O. box. He lives in the forest. And even though he somehow comes out of the forest to go check this P.O. box in Seaside, Jughead's like, ah, yes, the forest around Seaside. It'll be super easy to find him. And then it is. I don't know. Also, why does he need a P.O. box? Like, if you're off the grid, what, what the heck do you? Like getting mail still from have someone? Bills. Uh, whatever. Anyway, Jughead's like, hey, grandpa, and uh he's also wearing his serpent jacket for absolutely no reason.
1: Because the serpents are back, baby.
0: But oh it's, I need to know what Jughead's thoughts are. Is he the serpent king? Is he not the
1: serpent king? I kind of feel like FP should be. Yeah, if FP wants to be the serpent king, he should just get to be the serpent king. But like maybe the serpents want like a democratic process and they want someone else who actually has an update. Dude, there's three them. serpents. It's FP
0: and Jughead and Fang.
1: We're prove sleepy. me wrong. I don't know. I, I
0: Googled it and I couldn't find anything.
1: I just want to know.
0: I don't know. Anyway, so he's like, hey, here's my theory about the guy who stole the book from you. And he's like, that didn't happen. He's I, like, could I sold the book
1: for $5,000.
0: Yeah. And Jughead's like, dude, it's worth like millions. And he's like, yeah, that's why I'm bitter. And that's why I started drinking. And it's like, oh, makes sense. And then he's like, yeah, my life sucked. And I was horrible to your grandmother and your father. So don't make the same mistake. You should probably take this opportunity. That you got the book deal thing.
1: Woo! Woohoo! Jughead's not going to be uh, buried by the past.
0: Uh, no, but he probably will be buried in another coffin at some point.
1: Oh! Uh. Um. <laughs>
0: FP1 is like, hey, ha- have a nice life and seize this opportunity. Also, so was FP1 like a scholarship kid like Jughead was? I mean, must be. Okay. I wasn't sure. I didn't know if he was like he was rich the and then is, like drank it, it all away. Is
1: I think if he was rich, he would have known to take more than $5,000 for his book. True, like I think sense. selling his manuscript for that little is the like sign of someone who doesn't know what they're worth and doesn't know like about money as good much. Good point. Good point. So Jughead goes to see FP in the hospital and he's like, hey, I found
0: Grandpa. Uh, and then Archie that's the point when Archie's at the door and he like leaves and then he's like yeah uh and he says he wants to come stop by and see you in the hospital and then Jughead goes back to the trailer and he's gone so JK
1: yeah got yeah, FP senior abandoned him again so I have a theory about this okay and my Hit theory with it. is that this story about selling his book for five thousand dollars is not true but that oh DuPont so it's a double twist was like you need to like get this out of your, your grandson's mind first and for all and if you don't like I don't know either like I'll kill him or if you do this I'll give you money or or something along those lines. And like you need to convince Jughead to
0: sign this contract.
1: I think it's something like that and I could be wrong. Interesting. But uh, I've been very right about these FP plot lines (laughs) this season and by FP I mean FP the
0: first. Okay well here's the thing you said you've been right about them but in this episode you were technically proven
1: wrong. No I was still right and I have faith and conviction in my rightness. Sure. There's more to the
0: story. Yeah, well, there's definitely more to the story. So we'll see because we still have a lot of things not answered, like chipping. So Jughead goes back to the hospital and he is standing exactly like how FP does with like one hip popped and his arm behind his back. I don't know. They
1: do that same exact stance. Whatever. I just can't imagine paying that much attention to their stances. I have. Uh,
0: So FP is like, "Uh, you should sign the contract. And then so he goes and he signs the contract, except... Okay, your signature is the most annoying signature. He writes it, he signs it Forsyth TJ three like the third with a little crown which is cute but whatever like that is not your last name like you could write fp jones or like forsyth pendleton jones okay so or but, like
1: pj yeah, is but, not your last name here's a situation i'm not gonna write mary ck like no yeah but like here's that's the thing works. you could because no matter what you sign it's legally binding he could draw oh a smiley face that, that's fine but since when is jughead
0: going by forsyth pj uh, like, pj is not a thing his first name is Forsyth Pendleton
1: since he came to the Academy. God I hate it. And he so much. said, actually I prefer to go by Forsyth. Remember when Brett was like, I prefer Forsythe.
0: Yeah. I remember when we thought Brett was just gonna be like douchey and not like also probably a murderer. <laughs> uh whatever. So then there's a note slipped under his door that's like, Northwoods, ASAP. And he goes there and I w- joked and I was like, Oh, it's gonna be the gargoyle king. But no, it's not the gargoyle. I
1: mean it was essentially the gargoyle king of this season. So Brett four in dudes
0: a robe. or whatever, two dudes and two girls. It's the same four people, the only four people we know. Donna and the other two that we don't have names for they are there and uh they're in Harry Potter robes and they're like initiation yeah I kind of liked when it was like oh Donna and Brett are like in this skull and crossbones thing but not the other two whatever crossbones are pirates whatever so he uh crushes a skull with a rock and there's um and then i had a dark thought that it was chipping skull i don't know anyway
1: if, i'm sorry if that was chipping skull it makes a lot of <laughs> sense why he's dead because that skull was not human sized
0: i know it was very small um anyway was it the size there was my cat's head. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's small. Um, then there was a tie pin inside. Why would you want to be part of a society where all the people die? Also, why the would you definitely just die? do
1: an initiation if you don't know what the initiation is for? Like, yeah. Jughead looked legitimately puzzled when he pulled the like tie clip out. <sighs> Like he, but it's like, here's the thing.
0: Jughead it just likes to be in clubs because there was a hot sec back in season one where he was like, I don't want to be a serpent. But then when they came to him and were like, here's a serpent jacket, he was like, hells yeah, and put the serpent jacket on. Then in season three, when Ethel was like, hey, d- drink this juice that's possibly poisoned and then I'll give you this manual. He's like, you know what? Sure. What the heck? I'll do it. And then he like was really getting off on being a DM for Dungeons and Dragons, but the fake version. Griffins and gargoyles. Yeah, that one. Ghoulies and gargoyles or gnomes. I literally,
1: I already said the right
0: So anyway, also to support, I will say to support your point about your theory with FP1, that does make a good point because when Jughead gave him his theory, he was like, if all of the Quill and Skull people are dying, like, why would I be still alive if he was murdering them to cover up this thing? And it's like, well, you're clearly still alive because he probably needs help writing these stories. And I don't know, something else probably.
1: Or it's just there's something. There's more to the story.
0: Yeah, I agree. Okay, then we get a little flash forward to four weeks later where Archie and Betty find Jughead's body in the woods and Archie's like, he's dead because he feels his pulse and Betty starts to cry and he's like, Betty, what did you do? And Betty's she's got a rock.
1: bloody rock in her hand, which I think like they obviously want us to be like, oh, she bashed his head and like she did with what the cat's name again, Caramel? Uh, but I, my theory is obviously she found the rock and picked it up and is probably fuguing
0: because probably Charles is controlling her. Maybe. Yeah evelyn but it's someone is definitely controlling her for sure yeah so this episode was called tangerine and uh i couldn't really find a tangerine thing that made sense there was a 2015 movie called tangerine but it was about like a prostitute who discovers that her pimp slash boyfriend has been cheating on her and the whole thing was that the film was shot with three iphone 5s smartphones so and it was an indie film i don't know if that's that doesn't really have anything to do with this so do you know any other tangerines that would make Make sense uh, Is there a song called Tangerine or
1: anything? Yeah, I'm not seeing anything. Mm, there's a song called Sweet Tangerine, but it uh, doesn't apply. I just—you mean Sweet Clementine? No, there's a song called Sweet Tangerine. It's by The Hush oh, Sound. Okay, never mind. I know and by Sweet between...
0: Clementine, I definitely meant Sweet Caroline. So now I'm just—I was going to say I know the more. difference
1: between a Clementine and a Tangerine, but you don't know the difference between a person named Caroline and a Clementine. <laughs> so I guess you're the one with the problem here. Do you know what a
0: Satsuma is? Yeah, it's another type of orange. Okay. I just, I didn't you go to, for a long time. You go to the body shop and you get the satsuma smell and it's oranges. Oh, yeah. So I didn't, I was very confused for a long time because there was a scene in Harry Potter in one of the books where they're like, and Mr. Weasley was peeling his satsuma. And I assumed that was like a potato. I had like no idea what it was. But I'm you like, know what? Know. Honestly,
1: definitely adds up that Ron would just be sitting somewhere peeling a damn potato because he's a <laughs> potato of a human. Anyway, so who's the most normal person of the week? And you know what? I've said it before and I'm sure I'll say it again. Pop was the most normal person of the week. We, 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 I thought we decided we can't give it to Pop. Why? He's the most not? normal person in
0: Riverdale. Why? He like wins overall.
1: Okay, fine. Well, then who? Who was normal?
0: I don't know. Kevin was pretty normal.
1: That was not normal. Kevin just popped. He sang out of a nowhere. song. No way. That was okay. not normal. Reggie was pretty normal. <laughs> no. Okay. I'm sorry. If I can't give it to Pop, who legitimately had a normal human moment, we cannot give it to Kevin or Reggie this episode.
0: Okay. Here's the thing. Honestly, Cheryl was pretty normal except for the part where she locked her mom in the bunker. No! When Uh, she drugged her
1: mom (laughs) when she's sitting with a corpse and the dog when she's but like then, but then she turned it around no, because she was like guess, time you to you know what else Jason. is not normal a viking funeral <laughs> <In 2019. laughs> it would have been normal for
0: Cheryl if she had shot no, the bone arrow okay, we have fine. been
1: through that that is not okay, how a it, normal it's person not, works it's not Betty As, I don't think it's Alice I don't think it's Alice is it Polly <laughs> no it's not Polly Polly got hypnotized uh, and attacked someone um it's not Jughead
0: hmm. is it oh, it was like it was like super close to being FP except then he like really got off on the whole killing thing or like beating someone up which i guess is fine maybe i don't know is it molly ringwald (laughs) She didn't do Honestly, much either, I could be sold
1: on it being FP.
0: I think FP is going to be the closest to like an actual character who did something this episode who was like pretty normal.
1: I mean, in my heart it's still um pop. But if I'm not allowed to pick pop because of our own arbitrary rules that we apparently can't change if we need to. I mean, let me check that let me check the website real quick and see if we've ever given it to Pop. I'm sure we that have.
0: we have. By the way, our list of most normal people of the episodes, you can can be found on our website, Kowskycast.com. Go to the Riverdale tab and click on most normal character. That's Cal decay everybody uh oh no pop tate did win in season three episode seven hey season three episode seven uh, pop won good for him which was the like another time that we had a speakeasy episodes themed episode okay so pop has won it once i think we found out that like alice and reggie have actually won it the most yeah we d- we did when you did the count i think it's pop this time all right i could be sold let's give it to pop basically because no one else gets it
1: again it's hard for a main character to get most normal person
0: yeah considering Considering we've given it in the last couple of weeks to uh, hot caretaker Darius, Mad Dog, Brett, JB, Kevin, Hermosa, and Principal
1: Honey. And I stand by those decisions.
0: All right. So you know what I want to know?
1: What? I want to know what the results
0: of our is lasagna a casserole bowl.
1: Um, I believe that it was 70% no, 30% yes. But I'm going to just do a quick, uh, a quick double check. God, I tweet a lot. Uh, 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 we're scrolling. But just Why did you tweet what's everyone's fave potluck food? Because I had a potluck and I didn't know what to cook. And then I didn't take anyone's suggestion. I made roasted potatoes and vegetables and they were, uh, they they went over well. Is lasagna a casserole? 70% no, 30% yes. 30 votes. (sighs) Well, some people stand with me because I think I voted yes. Uh, yeah, sir, uh, at Survivor Survivorina, uh, does, I don't think listens to our pod, but uh, I would consider her a friend of the pod, said lasagna is the casserole. Nice. Uh, Gregory McBean
0: said, I'm going to go with no, but strong takes either way. But no strong takes either way. Oh, no strong takes either way.
1: But yeah, so uh, uh, but listening back to the podcast, I don't think I was, I think I was mostly like, I don't think it's a casserole, but I don't know if it's a casserole because I still, I still don't think I've been given a robust enough definition of what a casserole is. And I think that I just need to live with the fact that I will never get the like level of definition that I'm looking for. And uh, so I'm just going to take this as a small victory, even though I didn't really know for sure. Okay, fair. I'll give it
0: to you. So Tom Palmer tweeted out a picture of uh, Cheryl sitting with the fumigation in her house and uh, dead body Jason and doll Julian next to her and said, I think this might be my new favorite episode of Riverdale. So you you and Kirsten seem to be somewhat aligned well, on that. Well, it's not my favorite, but, like, it was good. Yeah. Anything three, or anything the third, possibly, on Twitter says, I love the Elton John music in this new episode. Which, yeah, Retweet. I mean, it was, it was, it was very song. well
1: done. And I just love the, uh, saying Saturday is all right for fighting, while Archie is fighting, presumably, on a Saturday night. Narratively, so it, it added up. I was happy with it. Do you have anything else to say for this episode? Uh, just, I think that m- maybe, uh, we've turned a corner? Maybe. It, I don't Know, but also this was the mid season finale, so there will be uh, no Riverdale for at least probably three or four weeks. The Wikipedia, which has
0: sometimes been accurate and sometimes not been accurate when it comes to telling us at episode dates. It looks like we are going to have a hiatus for about a month and a week. So January 22nd, 2020, is when we will be coming back for
1: episode 10. That's perfect because it comes back when I'm back from vacation, so I don't have to worry about trying to podcast from bc nice Iconic. so i think this will be fun and uh there will be probably some uh retro riverdale recaps coming your way uh when mary has
0: time yeah i've been editing season one episode 10 so we're getting there we are certainly getting there also uh the show may be turning a corner we may be turning a corner and so can you by giving us a nice itunes review there is nothing i would like more th- for christmas than a nice little itunes review from some of y'all hey, let me just say i see how many downloads we have. And I see how many iTunes reviews we have. And those are not the same number. So please hit me up with one of those. It will be super fun. Give me all your hot takes on the season. You got plenty of time. You got a month and a week to give me some of those babies and I will mention them on the
1: podcast. And again five star reviews only. We don't accept less than five stars. And if you're going to put the five stars in you might as well put in something embarrassing for us to say uh, so that we can read it so people know about all our amazing five star reviews. Come on. I will
0: on upon request be happy to read them in my Betty voice if you would like
1: never mind we don't need reviews <laughs> no I'm kidding <laughs> we need reviews even if I have to endure Mary's horrible Betty impression for hours I would feel do that feel free
0: feel free to leave a review where you request if you would like Kirsten to read it and I recommend if you would like Kirsten to read it to put as many ship names in there as possible she loves Phallus in particular
1: we're not talking about my personal life right now Mary <laughs>
0: <clears throat> Anyway, you can check us out online at Kowski that's Cow with a K on all social media. Well, actually just on Twitter. You can check us out on you can check us out on Twitter at Kalsky that's Cow with a K. You can also check us out on KowskiCast.com. It's also Cow with a K. You can check me out everywhere at Rail Mary. You can check Kirsten out everywhere at Kirsten said what? Yeah. Coming at you. Very much not live. Usually about a week late. This one I
1: feel like we're very on time with this.
0: We are. Well, you guys don't know it, but we are recording this only. a day and a half after the episode so we're doing a good job right now
1: (laughs) only uh, a day after I got the episode because I don't get them till Thursday true so So, uh yeah uh, pretty good uh we'll see when this drops. Mary's house (laughs) is like slightly more unpacked I think my public shaming did a good job it's very slightly more unpacked but she's not uh, in a closet or if she is in a closet it's not clear to me that she's in a closet
0: I am in a closet I I'm in a closet I put my desk in a closet I like it actually it's a weird closet my living room has sliding wall panels and I stuck it inside the sliding wall panel that is now currently open so I'm in my living room. Anyway catch you next time. Bye! (laughs) Not a River Daddy Uh, What? Hiram, bad boy I'm gonna slap you